0: Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to The Intuitive um, Customer Podcast from myself, Colin Shaw, and my erstwhile colleague,
2: ryan hamilton
1: it says here you sounded exactly like one of those in interactive where you suddenly say ryan hamilton is joining the podcast
2: you you don't pay me enough to be here in person colin <laughs> i programmed a bot to take over for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> excellent that's what i like to hear um <laughs> so here we are with today we're talking about the rubicon model and how to use it now when ryan suggested this as a topic um, i was just in the process of buying a jeep and they do rubicons <laughs> and i was thinking great he's going to tell me about jeeps so you're, you're such okay? a
2: red-blooded american out there <laughs> with your jeep and your pet eagle it's um, just the accent that lets me down <laughs> that's right uh yeah so i i picked this uh, as a topic of conversation because it's interesting um, but also because it has the coolest name of any theory in psychology. Um, so maybe we can start with the name. Um, Rubicon model is a, a theory about decision-making. It helps us understand how people make decisions. Uh, and the big idea in the Rubicon model is that what looks like this single event you've made a choice, you've made a decision, you can actually break it down into several steps or stages. So first you think about it, you consider, you have a goal that motivates you to do that, and then you kind of plan, and then you make your decision, and then after you've made the decision, you uh, try to execute on that decision. So this was the big idea in the Rubicon models. They said no, it's it's not just a single point in time, it's actually a series of stages, and they can happen very quickly, right? If you're choosing serial, um, you probably are not deliberating on that for days, but um, but you can still notice uh, this different series of, uh, of events that happen when you make that decision. We're going to focus on just two of the stages that are identified in the Rubicon model. Um, this is the pre-decision stage and the post-decision stage. And the reason they call it the Rubicon model is if you think back to your Roman history, Colin, um, yeah. you will know that the Rubicon is a river – in Italy, and it marked the border between the territory where the capital Rome was located and then some of the northern territories where they had all of these uh, generals who would um, rule over these different regions. And so the the Senate in, in Rome said there's this law. If you are a general and you have control of an army, then you cannot bring that army south of the Rubicon. Um, that if you do, it's an act of treason, you can be put to death, so can all your soldiers. Uh, and that was to prevent military takeovers of the government. And Caesar very famously crossed the Rubicon with his army. Uh, and wow. in doing so, he he supposedly said the die has now been cast. The idea is that now he's committed to a course of action. Nothing will ever be the same as it was before. He's, he's committed to doing that. And that was the idea with the Rubicon model, that – uh, if you if you're making a decision, you can think about it, you can deliberate, you can. But once you've made that decision, the die has been cast, the world has is, changed, and now you start to think about that very differently. Is it is this? Have I gone on to a history podcast? Um, maybe I, I figured that'd be more interesting than whatever we were talking about before. <laughs> I, yeah, no. I, Let I me just tell you about the invention was... of the spinning wheel. Now, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's the justification for the the title and yes i listened to a little bit and read a little bit about roman history because i found it interesting
1: yeah Um, don't judge me no no that that that, that's great we'll have to do another podcast
2: on it (laughs) um so uh why does why does any of this matter how does this help us understand decision making Um,
1: just to jump in there
2: mate and yeah. at the end of this, we're going to tell you what you need to do about it, which is probably the most important thing. Which means before the end of this podcast, I need to come up with something um, that would be helpful in terms and of And not it, involve though. Italy or Rubicon lines and stuff don't, like that. Don't fence me in, Colin. I will, <laughs> I will. will. <laughs> our, our Italian listeners also need advice. Yeah, um, they both do. I, I agree with you. Yeah. All right. So uh, the part of the reason that this was so kind of profound and made such a, a large uh impact in psychology um, is that it had lots of, of implications and really helped you know uh define a lot of behavior. Um when we are in this predecision stage, there's a certain mindset that's associated with it. Um, now mindset is a term of art. Uh, it's something that psychologists talk a lot about. The basic idea with a mindset is that our brains come kind of preloaded with a set of operations that are designed to um, respond in a certain way. That's very abstract. So let me give you a very simple idea of a mindset. Let's suppose that I gave you a task where I was going to show you two numbers and then you're going to have to perform a mathematical operation um, with regards to those numbers. So um, your goal was to do that mathematical operation as fast as possible. And I'm going to time you. So let's suppose that I show you two numbers, and the operation is you subtraction. So you have to subtract one number from the other. So you do that. I then show you rapidly two more numbers. It's also subtraction. So you subtract it then. Two more numbers, also subtraction. I I do this for you several times. Now you're subtracting these numbers uh, over and over again. And then on, like, I don't know, the seventh or eighth trial, I switch it up, and now all of a sudden it's addition. What do you think happens to your response time um, when I make that transition and you go from subtraction to addition? It extends. It, yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. You slow down now. Why?
1: Because my mindset or the way my mind was working was in a
2: subtraction mode. Very good. That's exactly it. So this is. This was precisely one of the early experiments into mindsets. It was run, I think, in 1905. It was run a long time ago. Um, and they discovered exactly this. Your mind can kind of be, I don't know, um, programmed, activated um, to perform certain responses. The
0: Intuitive Customer Podcast is brought to you by Beyond Philosophy. Since 2002, Beyond Philosophy has been helping organizations improve their customer experience through their consulting, training, and research services. Find out more at beyondphilosophy.com. That's beyondphilosophy.com.
1: This is a bit like Simon says.
2: Yes. So for everybody that Explain doesn't Explain to our Italian that. listeners what Simon says is because they thought <laughs> something different over there.
1: So to, for our Italian listeners, Simon says means that you need to be standing on the Rubicon line um, <laughs> with an army and you can't pass it. No, Simon, Simon says you stand up. Simon says sit down. Simon says do this. Simon says and then you and you have to say Simon says and then you don't say it and everybody is out of the game. Um, so it, it's just a sort of repetitive thing. You get into it. It's just like you were saying with the um,
2: subtraction. Yeah. yeah. So from a mindset perspective, when um, you are given commands, you are kind of in a mode to respond to those commands. So yeah. you're just used to responding. Right. Your, your brain says, oh, here's another command. Let me do it. So this is where my wife asked me to do something and I just keep saying yes or no. <laughs> it could be. That could also be habit. Uh, yeah, that or could just also just be, yeah, you being a bad husband. <laughs> Any of those are possible, viable psychological explanations. Um, so it, we have these mindsets, and and there are – so mindsets are – we can have an entire separate podcast to talk about mindsets. There are dozens and dozens of mindsets that have been identified, and they all kind of explain different things. Uh, it's a very powerful idea. Uh, part of, of the idea around a mindset is that once it's activated, just like the subtraction example – um, it continues to be activated. And so there are examples of us misapplying mindsets uh, where they carry over from a previous thing we've been doing. All those are mindset ideas. So the Rubicon model says that um, we can have mindsets associated with these different decision phases. So we can have a deliberative mindset. That's before we've made a decision. We are actively trying to gather information and figure out what's going on. After we've made an information, we made a decision, we've crossed the Rubicon. We are now no longer in deliberation mode. We are now in implementation mode. And that means we're especially unlikely to be susceptible to other information that comes in because now we just want to get it done. We don't want to hear about whatever else um, we could have done before because we've made our decision. We've crossed the line.
1: So that, that goes back to the confirmation bias then as Very well much. getting mixed in, which says, no, I made a right decision and this is what I'm going to do. In fact, so let, let me again do my usual bit of testing it with a real life example. So your- only this week I decided to buy two screens. I've never really had two screens. I've normally just had one screen and everyone keeps going on about having two screens. So I bought these two screens and i set them up and i started playing about with it and i was going mm, i'm not really sure if i should have two screens uh but then i went no no, no. i've you know i bought them i'm going to have them that that's it um and i overcome i won't bore you with some of the technical problems uh, but overcome some of the technical issues and things that i wasn't aware of that i needed to have and, and blah 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 um because i'd made the choice
2: and i was now just implementing that choice is that right yeah, I think that that's very much it. We, we can break it down into several distinct decisions that you made. Um, one, the first was whether or not to get two monitors. So yeah. you went through a deliberative phase where you were kind of weighing the pros and cons and trying to decide, is it worth the extra expense and hassle? Once you made that decision, you were kind of in implementation mode for that decision. It's like, all right, this is going to happen. I'm going to get two two monitors. Now it's just a matter of, how and when. Um, and so you were kind of no longer interested in being persuaded as to whether or not you should, you've moved past that. Now there's a second decision, which is, you know, which specific monitors are you going to get? Um, and then you're in deliberative mode for that decision. So now you're weighing the options, you're trying to decide back and forth. If somebody had come to you when you were in that phase and said, hey, listen, I just did this. And um, I got these two monitors by this one company and boy, I had all of these issues around it. And were, While you're still in deliberation mode, you might be very open to hearing counter arguments. You might yeah. be open to you know, being persuaded on that. But once you've decided you need two monitors and once you've purchased the monitors themselves, decided which monitors you're going to buy, now you are, as you said, much more in the mode of just, all right, well, let's make this work. Let's figure out how we're going to get this to happen because you've moved past the decision. And the interesting thing, if I
1: just go on about the monitors for a moment, is uh, I won't put a Game Boy with the technicalities, but I've n- ended up then having to buy a separate keyboard and a separate tracker yep. pad. And it's like, well, the big decision was made um, and, you know, I've set them up. So, you know what, these additional purchases and stuff like that are incidental and I don't even have to think about them because I just need them because
2: I've got these two monitors now. Yeah, the way that um, these two mindsets have been described is that the deliberative is is more of a why mindset. So why should I do this? What's involved? And the implementation is much more of a how mindset, right? And so just as you said, you know, when you're considering the monitor, as well, let's weigh all the pros and cons. But then once you've decided to make it happen... Like, all right, well, got to buy a keyboard to make this work. Well, let's get a keyboard to make this work, right? How's this thing gonna work? How are we gonna get this thing to to um, pay off? Uh, and so, it is much more of an action oriented mindset. You're, you're gonna make things happen. You need to implement. You need to make it make it go through.
1: Yeah. So, so, and I presume this happens with everything, as it were. So, again, it's not just limited to buying things and it's
2: it's any decision that you would make correct yeah it is it is not a limited decision model it's it's a general decision model so it should it should help in in understanding uh, most of the decisions that we make yeah
1: i'm just trying to think of an example of like in service so it it, 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 i'm just thinking of, of like we 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 did a podcast recently didn't we on why customers complain. Um, so I'm tying it back to that. So the pre-decision is I'm going to complain, and then the post-decision is I'm complaining um, and you know, I'm implementing that decision. The fact that it may take me 27 pages to write to the company, to speak to them 97 times because I'm getting the brush off and everything else, uh, then becomes an irrelevance.
2: Yeah, very good. So, on average, we would expect that um, people are making this decision: should I complain? Is it worth it? Is it worth whatever costs I'm going to incur in terms of time and effort um, to make a complaint? Will that actually make a difference? Will it change anything? Versus, um, after the decision has been made, you know what? I am going to complain. I think it's worth it. I need to let these people know now people are less likely to reevaluate that decision, right? And so if they are on hold for uh, 20 minutes, they're less likely to just say, ah, you know what, forget it, it's not worth it, Uh, and more likely to say, no, now I'm just going to feed that increasing anger into this decision that I've already made, and it is going to happen.
1: Yeah, Um, and it's like buying the keyboard. The fact that you then may have to do other things that you hadn't thought about. Yep.
2: Um, you just do them because you've already made the choice to complain. Because now you're in implementation mode. Yeah. yeah. Um, if, if you had a kind of a fuller accounting of those costs when you're in deliberation mode, um, then you might make a different decision because that's information. You're open to information at that point. But now, whether it's waiting longer or buying a keyboard, you've already decided that this thing's got to happen.
0: We're so pleased that you're listening to this episode of The Intuitive Customer. As a listener... We want to offer you a free download of Colin's ebook, Unlocking the Hidden Customer Experience. Take advantage of this free offer being made available only to listeners of this podcast. Do it now. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast and follow the link for the free book. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast.
1: Part of the reason why people don't complain is because they know that it's not worth it uh i.e. the effort to physically complain and the return that they get not necessarily saying they get money back or get you know given things but you know just the satisfaction that the company right. has actually listened to them um it, it um probably means that they never get into implementation mode because they go eh, it's just not worth the hassle
2: yeah, or they um you could think of it as the implementation of not complaining, right? So All right, okay, I've, yeah, I've made yeah. this decision and now it's a matter of now I I agree in, in practical terms that there's not a lot to be implemented there, so we move on yeah, pretty rapidly. No, but um, Yeah, good point. Good point. But yeah, they but they you're right. They they would we would expect that they would not get into that um mindset where it's very much about you know overcoming obstacles and making things happen because instead it's moving on. Moved on. Absolutely. So. Okay, so to to wrap this up then,
1: Ryan, what's your one bit of advice that you would that you would
2: give people, and then I'll share mine, as long as it's not the same as yours. Um, so one of the things that I like about about the the Rubicon model um, that I think it applies even more generally than this model is is the idea of breaking up complex problems or ideas you know understanding human decision making is really hard really hard how can you even start well these these brilliant german psychologists who came up with the rib model started by breaking it down right well you know, what are the stages involved what are the steps involved and so so that's my bit of advice um more more than just applying the Rubicon model, can you apply the approach that led to the Rubicon model? If you're trying to evaluate how customers evaluate your experience that you're designing, if you want to, you know, design some new sales protocols or or um, uh, um you know figure out some other part of customer decision making, can you break that down into stages? You know, how are people going to evaluate these things at each stage? And then recognize that not only are they looking at new information, they may be looking at information in entirely different ways at each yeah. of these different stages, have different mindsets associated with them.
1: Yeah, you know, good, good. I like that. So so my piece of advice would be
2: learn more about Roman history. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that a <laughs> lot. <laughs> you laugh, but I am where I am today, talking to you about Roman history because i learned roman history <laughs> because you learn roman history and you learn so many things on this podcast you
1: even learn about roman history no so to be serious my piece of advice would be that you need to understand when your cu- when uh, your customers are in those stages so when you are designing your experience when are they in you know pre decision phase yeah um, when are they in post-decision phase, and then act accordingly and design your experience accordingly. Um, because at the moment, they're treated as an amorphous mass uh, and treated the same way for everything. And I think breaking it down, as you were just saying, and then designing the experience to meet those um, uh would be a good thing to be doing. I love it. Okay, well, I'm off to book my um um I'm off to book my trip to uh, Italy um and go and see the Rubicon line um so thanks sure very much for uh, everybody uh, attending today and listening today um and Ryan any last words of wisdom from Ro- from Roman history?
2: Well, tune in next week when we'll be talking about how uh, what ancient Egypt can teach us about managing a modern phone center.
1: I- <laughs> I can't wait. Uh-huh. I can't, Even I'm going to tune in for that one. <laughs> thanks, Colin. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone. See ya.
0: This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.